0: The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Up next, two women in love with the same man.
2: These two women want to spend time with the bad boy. I think he was a kind of a gigolo kind of guy.
1: One member of this love triangle
3: is murdered.
4: They got to the point where they completely hated each other.
3: If someone's shot in the back of the head, that's an execution. Somebody wanted that person dead.
1: But even after an arrest, questions remain.
0: Everything inside of me had been sucked out. Hope is gone, completely helpless.
1: Marillo, the largest city in the Texas panhandle, was once known as the helium capital of the world. It used to be one of the most helium-rich places on the planet.
2: At one point, helium was much more important in the manufacture of lots of things, including a lot of military devices and weapons. It doesn't play as crucial a role now as it once did.
1: On an April morning in 2014, local police were called to the outskirts of town, to Helium Road, the name hearkening back to Amarillo's former role in helium production.
3: It's a dirt road, so a lot of people would still use it uh, for a shortcut to get to where they're going.
1: A sheriff's officer found the body of a young woman lying next to an SUV. The victim suffered extensive trauma to the back of her head. She had no ID, no phone, no wallet, but investigators were able to trace her vehicle. It belonged to 32-year-old Robin Spielbauer.
5: They informed us, based on a couple of pictures that my wife had, that it in fact was Robin. So we were going through our mind of like, okay, what, who, why? all sorts of questions. The crime scene
1: provided only a few answers. Blood evidence showed Robin had been killed where she was found. Despite the massive blows to the back of her head, that wasn't what killed her.
3: It was during the autopsy that they discovered that she had actually been shot as well uh, with a twenty two caliber uh, weapon.
1: The oddest clue at the scene was on one of the windows of Robin's vehicle.
3: There
2: appeared to be Slight damage to the the window itself like a Like your windshield when a rock hits it and creates a little star break Uh, There were two or three spots like that and a pink substance of some kind and it looked to be associated with these uh, small chips in the window
1: Robin's murder stunned her family and friends
4: Robin always had, like, this real here-I-am personality, you know? And you knew she was in the room when she was there and friendly with everybody.
1: Maybe not everybody. Robin, the mother of two young girls, had divorced the girl's father, J.D. Spielbauer, just 18 months earlier. J.D. and Robin began their romance nearly a decade before Robin's murder.
2: She was... I think, desperately in love with with Mr. Spielbauer and very desirous of spending the rest of her life with him and the two of them uh, raising their children.
1: But J.D. strayed repeatedly from the marriage. After seven years together, Robin finally called it quits and took the kids with her. J.D. denied any involvement in her murder... But even he couldn't deny his place as a prime suspect in his ex-wife's death.
2: The sheriff's department, they asked him, do you have any information that will be of help to us? His response was, no, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm of no help to you. I just have no information. I don't know anything.
1: When J.D. Spielbauer and his future wife, Robin, met in 2003, the relationship turned red hot almost immediately.
4: They spent all their time together and actually got pregnant within the first, like, four to five weeks of them starting dating. So it sped everything up a lot faster.
1: Robin's parents were both ex-military. She grew up, at times, overseas as what some call a military brat. J.D. told her he'd done tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. He seemed a solid bet as a responsible husband and father.
5: She was more like in something stable and, you know, down home. She wanted a family and just the, uh, the proverbial house with the picket fence.
1: After the wedding, J.D. began carrying on a couple of affairs while Robin raised their two young children.
4: She wanted what her parents had so bad that she thought she could find a way to make him happy to where he would stay.
1: But J.D. finally crossed a line that even Robin couldn't tolerate. He had an affair with a woman named Katie Phipps. Why was this worse than the others? Because Katie was someone Robin opened up to about the troubles in her marriage.
2: Robin knew Katie before J.D. did, and as is always the case with an affair and an unhappy marriage, it eventually resulted in divorce by 2014, and and after that, J.D. had married Katie.
1: To make matters even worse, J.D. and his new wife, Katie, moved into a house very near where Robin was raising the children she'd had with J.D.
5: And the weird thing about it, it was two houses down from our house.
1: This was an inherently volatile situation, especially with young children being moved between both houses day after day.
2: Katie and Robin, there were a lot of hostility between the two women. Uh, They both cared about J.D. and and, uh, J.D. had been involved with both and it was a classic triangle.
1: Over the 2013 Thanksgiving holidays, the hostility between these two romantic rivals boiled over.
4: Robin walks into the house to go upstairs to get her girls, and Katie follows her in the house, grabs her by the hair, pulls her down off the stairs, onto the floor, got on top of her, where Robin in turn kicked her off and kicked her into the fireplace. I honestly told her, I said, she's the kind of crazy that'll kill you.
1: No charges were filed. But this did nothing to relieve the tension. In fact, both women were convinced that J.D. was sleeping with each of them behind their backs. Katie was livid about this and made no secret about it.
2: She was just hammering on J.D. every day in text messages. I believe you're having an affair with Robin. J.D. would deny it, but Katie wasn't buying it. She was convinced that he was seeing Robin behind her back.
1: A search of Katie's cell phone showed that in the four days before Robin was killed, she sent more than 300 of these texts. That's an average of nearly four texts every hour on the hour, 24 hours a day.
2: There were text messages with Katie threatening Robin either directly
3: or indirectly. When you read Katie's text messages, she says that uh, she can't do it anymore and she's going to finish it. Does that mean murder someone or simply divorce him? When you see a text message like that, it kind of points more toward her being guilty.
1: Now, five months after the Thanksgiving altercation, Robin Spielbauer was in a morgue with a fatal bullet wound. Katie, her romantic rival, clearly had a potential motive to kill her. But when brought in for questioning, her top priority wasn't the murder.
0: I'm going to
2: ask you a question. Sure. Can you be honest with me? Yeah, I will be. Is my husband cheating on me with her? I don't have proof of that. I've had several folks tell me that he was. I will tell you this right now. Uh, They were going to meet last
5: night. Where they were supposed to be at (laughs) 9.30. Now, here's the problem.
1: Soon, Katie had even more things to be upset about. Detectives located the murder weapon. They also found this photograph of Katie holding what looked to be that very same gun.
3: When I first saw that picture, I was like, oh my gosh, she did it.
1: When Katie Phipps emerged as a possible suspect in the murder of Robin Spielbauer, police searched the home Katie shared with Robin's ex-husband, JD.
2: During the search warrant, a 22 Sig Sauer Mosquito automatic pistol was recovered, along with several other firearms.
1: This 22 caliber pistol was a distinctive weapon. It had pink polymer plating, apparently a marketing device.
3: With the pink casing, you automatically assume that it's a woman's gun. Misogynistic? Yes, probably. But uh, that was one of those things that, that immediately pops into your head
4: The fact that it was pink, fantastic, mine's purple, is nothing out of the normal for, you know, a lot of people around here in Texas.
1: Investigators now employed a rarely used but simple forensic technique called a physical fit. Like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, a shard of metal that chipped off the gun and was found at the crime scene fit perfectly with the gap left on the gun itself. And a test fire of the weapon confirmed what this evidence already showed.
2: It was Katie's gun. There were pictures all over Facebook of her shooting this strange pink gun.
1: So Katie owned the murder weapon, and she clearly had a motive.
2: What's Robin did and why? I
0: don't know.
2: You've
1: got a motive for it. You don't like
2: her. Not much of a motive, but it's a motive. So that's why you get looked at. Y'all had conflicts in the past. Have
3: you ever threatened to kill her?
0: No, I haven't.
3: Because a couple of folks have said you had.
0: No, I have not threatened to kill Robin. You conspire with anybody to kill Robin? No, i have not conspire, conspire with to anybody. anybody to kill Robin. No, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I liked her, because I didn't, but... My father died when I was two. I buried my mother when I was 18 years old. I know what it feels like to grow up without a parent. I would never do that to anybody. I'm not a murderer. I may be a lot
1: of things, but I'm not a murderer. Katie actually requested a polygraph examination.
0: My lawyer told me, do not do this. You're going to fail it. They want you to fail it. They're going to tell you that you failed it, hoping that you're going to confess. Of course, I failed it, just like he told me I would.
1: Even worse, Katie did not have a rock-solid alibi for the night of the murder. She said she was at a friend's house close to Helium Road and never saw Robin that night. But she turned off her cell phone so it couldn't be used to track her. I did not do this.
2: So you have nothing to with
0: That's this. not true. I don't know. Ask me. Who did it? I don't know. Who
5: do you think did
0: it? I don't know. I'm starting to think maybe JD did. It. Okay. Well, thank
5: you for your
1: time. And as an ex husband, JD had to be looked at as a possible suspect. A background check revealed that J.D.'s claims to be a war veteran were all lies.
5: I'd rather pissed, because, I mean, that's, uh, to me, it's something you don't lie about. It just uh, didn't sit well.
1: J.D. claimed he had no contact with his ex-wife, Robin, on the night she was murdered. But cell phone records exposed this as another lie.
2: In the text messages, they discovered that Robin was communicating with J.D. on the 7th several times and making reference to a meeting that was to take place with J.D.
1: That meeting was set for the night Robin was killed. When confronted with this evidence, J.D. changed his story. He admitted meeting Robin at Helium Road and said someone unexpected showed up at that meeting. Got in backseat with her a few moments later here on the glass say like car keys or something a ring something harder than a fist end up opening the door and I see Katie there which took me by surprise they're bickering back at each other I'm, I'm trying to stop the bickering I turn to Katie I tell her let's get in the car let's go home and I go walking back, back to my truck but according to J.D. Katie didn't follow. He said the two women continued yelling at each other as he drove away. The next day, Robin was found dead. J.D.'s story, or stories, were changing by the hour. But detectives, convinced Katie was the killer, thought there was a good reason. We
2: believe that J.D. Spielbauer was telling false stories, and the stories were changing because he was trying to protect
1: his wife, Katie. Three days after Robin's body was found, Katie was arrested and charged with capital murder.
0: And I look over and there's my son getting out of my sister-in-law's car. And he watches them put me on the ground at gunpoint and handcuff me. (laughs) And I remember just looking at my son like, I'm not going to see you for a long time.
1: Katie Phipps maintained from the beginning that she had problems with Robin Spielbauer but would never resort to murder. Detectives weren't buying it and Katie remained behind bars for more than a year while they built their case.
0: I spent my 29th birthday in jail. I lost my kids to CPS. My ex-husband took all of my stuff except for the little bit of clothes he allowed my brothers to come pick up. I lost everything.
1: J.D. Spielbauer's cell phone put him at the scene of the murder. Since Katie's phone was off, it could not be used to track her. But then detectives found out about a relatively new way that they could possibly pinpoint her location at the time of the murder. Mark Sedwick is a member of the FBI's Cellular Analysis Survey Team, or CAST. What we do, our biggest thing is if there's a kidnapping, uh, we will do exploit any phone social media type data that gives us any location to try and locate that missing child. This method targets a cell phone's wireless capacity or Wi-Fi and can provide a nearly exact location. It doesn't rely on cell towers. It goes directly to your phone. You would get a lot more accurate readings and then GPS is your GPS, it works off the satellites, uh, your satellite signals that your phone's GPS antenna sees. Since Katie's phone was off on the day of Robin's murder, this wasn't an option with her phone. But she was seen at numerous points during that day and night with her 11-year-old son, Diego. And the Wi-Fi on his phone was up and running the whole time. The targeting of that phone left no doubt Katie was not at Helium Road when Robin Spielbauer was shot at about 9.50 that night.
2: We had three adult eyewitnesses who all agree Diego and Katie were together all day. She never left and left him there. She never went anywhere without Diego. Katie could never have killed Robin. She was never there. She was never at Helium Road that night.
0: Mr. Fearing said, today I'm dismissing your case and I fell out of the chair and I hit the ground and I cried and I cried and I don't know how long I cried.
1: Following Katie's release, J.D. Spielbauer found himself facing a charge of capital murder. Prosecutors are convinced J.D. planned the murder. He lured Robin to Helium Road and had Katie's pink-plated 22 caliber in his truck. Robin had no idea what awaited her. In fact, she also wanted the meeting.
2: She was gonna meet with J.D. and tell him no more booty calls, it's over. She told several other friends, I'm ending this affair with J.D. From now on, I only wanna see him if it involves the girls, and I want all of my child support.
1: The couple, while in Robin's SUV, started fighting. J.D. apparently got out of the SUV went back to his truck and came back brandishing the pink plated pistol. Robin hit automatic lock on all her car doors. JD pounded the gun on the rear window. Strike marks from the plastic handle and a piece of metal chipped off the gun were later matched back to Katie's gun. Ultimately, it appears Robin exited her SUV, apparently thinking JD would never actually shoot her. She was wrong. He fired once, hitting her, and attempted to fire again, but the gun jammed. It appears he walked back to his truck, came back with some type of tool, possibly a tire iron, and made sure Robin was dead. His attempt to frame Katie for Robin's murder almost worked. After all, the ballistics tied the shell casing back to Katie's pink pistol. But JD failed to realize cell phone evidence put him at the site of the murder, ...and showed Katie was not there.
2: To quote author Cannon Doyle through the lips of Sherlock Holmes... ...when you've eliminated every other possibility... ...whatever's left is the truth.
1: In January of 2018... ...a jury found J.D. Spielbauer guilty of first-degree murder... ...and sentenced him to life in prison. Katie, forever grateful for the cell phone technology that proved her innocence is now using her experience on both sides of the law as a criminal paralegal near Dallas.
0: Cell phone records are the new DNA. It doesn't matter where you come from in life, how much money you make, you have a cell phone. And that cell phone is traceable. If it wasn't for today's technology and all the advances that we've made, I would surely be spending the rest of my life in prison.